So, anyway, like I was saying, (laughs) I ate shit outside in my backyard a couple minutes ago, and it really hurt. I fell on my knee, and I've got a big bump on it. A big bump on your knee? It's a big sore bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was ice. And, you know, it's been a mild winter so far, so I wasn't prepared for there to be... <clears throat> it's been raining all day. Yep. Liquid liquid rain. But I wasn't prepared for... I <laughs> wasn't prepared for ice. And yeah. I got a little ramp behind my house, and I was walking on it, and I slipped. And yep. it was silly. And I yelled out, Oh, fuck me, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, like my downstairs neighbor's a little, she has a little kid, and then there's little kids right next door. And I was like, well, actually, there's little kids on both sides. And I was yeah. like, well, geez, you know, buddy, you got to be more conscious of these things. You can't just be, you know, teaching these kids bl- foul language just because yeah. you've scuffed your knee. I mean, they scuff their knees all the time. They're little kids. Uh, and you don't hear them saying, ah, fuck me. No, you don't. Oh. You know, they might cry. They I might didn't, cry. Did I didn't, you cry? No. No, it wasn't that bad. I was actually thinking the other day what kind of an injury w- would necessitate for me to cry. And I haven't had any really serious injuries in my adult life. So I don't really have a frame of reference for that. Yeah. But, um, like, plenty of emotional injuries have made me cry yeah. as a, as a grown-up. So I'm assuming that there's... a uh, definitely like a pain threshold where i would well, cry well when i uh jacked my leg up pretty good a few years ago uh i didn't cry um i i kept trying to stand on my my leg with the foot in the wrong place mm-hmm. um and it didn't hurt until until hours later after the adrenaline wore off and then i i I couldn't tell you if I was crying or not because I don't really remember it hurt so bad. Yeah. I just know that I was like screaming in pain because yeah. I'm allergic to morphine, so I couldn't get morphine. And oh. I was just being given Dilaudid, which only lasts like 15 minutes. And yeah. because of the um, pointless laws in this country that don't actually address the uh, key issues, um, uh, you can only give people painkillers once every two hours. So even if somebody has like a shattered leg and multiple broken bones, <laughs> um, they just be like, "Yep, sorry, here's 15 minutes of relief, and then we just have to listen to you like scream and like whimper and roll around, because like yeah, I broke my knee, broke my uh, fibula, and broke my tibia. So uh, there was there was probably tears there. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, uh, yeah, I don't I have would much memory. Be I would assume <laughs> I would assume so. Yeah, that's yeah. like the kind of injury where I feel like it's probably yeah, I don't, weir- I, probably yeah. weird if you don't cry. It was like pretty. It was like psychedelic. Yeah, the pain. Yeah. Well, uh, now I feel a little <laughs> silly sharing my story. <laughs> um, I didn't break anything, folks, and you know Evan has taken a much worse tumble before yeah tumbles yeah tumbles have been had yeah that was a bad one though you were you were you were fucked up yep that was uh that was a very intense injury Uh, all right well but luckily you had your good friend cameron to lend you pokemon heart gold and his nintendo i i I beat that pokemon game in about three days I put like forty hours in three days because it was like after you get out of surgery. Yeah. I mean, like I can't, you know, you can't move. Like, it's just 
being laying in bed. So, yeah. Yep. And that is the best, I think, the best Pokemon experience. And that That's was great. probably 15 years ago that that came out. So, yep. I don't know what they're doing now. All right. Well, Sh- much- showing their whole ass. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, let's uh, make like Cameron and slide on in to this episode. <laughs> pocket huh? <laughs> you tried it a couple times oh let's make like oh sorry pokemon. yeah pokemon i'd beat pokemon so let's make oh yeah mm-hmm. yep. so let's make like cameron and yep. slide, slide. On in. slide on in anyway uh, now that we've uh <clears throat> slid and bumped our knees here um yeah yeah speaking of the weather did you have like insane like like the most insane fog in history this week yeah up there yeah yeah, like, dude, like, I'm, I was, like, driving across the bridge in Providence, and, like, dude, just, like, straight up, like, maybe 10 feet of visibility. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was waiting for some fucking tentacled beastie to just rip my body and car in half and, does, and does, eat me. Has that happened to you in the fog before, or? No, like, that the Stephen King uh, book and the movie, The Mist. Yeah, that was Mist, oh, though. The fog was different. That was ghosts. I'm, 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 I'm about to, I'm about to stop recording and <laughs> go back to packing. There were ghosts in the fog. Um, so yes, we did have that fog, and I actually was talking about that Stephen King. I've never read the book or the short story, but I've read the. I saw, I saw the movie. It's a novella. Novella. And uh, sure, okay. So I've never read the I read novella. It in high school. No. Uh, but the I know that they changed the ending for the movie. Yeah. And I was talking about the, that. I was like, oh, like crazy crazy fog we're having hope i don't have to kill my own son just mo- like seconds before the world is saved yeah you know sorry if that's a spoiler for the oh. movie the mist for yeah. anyone starting was that thomas jane thomas jane yeah he's in it i like thomas jane he's all right um yeah he's got some decent parts but then like you know like i like the show the um the expanse and his 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 little role in that show is, it's just he's playing that part weird. He's got this weird haircut. Like yeah, this weird yeah. like really long. Uh, gonna bring it back to Davy Havoc, I guess. He's got like the Davy Havoc bangs, but then like the rest is undercut. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just it's just a very very uh, interesting portrayal. Yeah, it was it was odd. Uh, so I watched the first season of that show, and I actually have read the first few books in that series. Mm-hmm. And I will say, you know, the show seemed cool, and you told me that the show gets better as it goes along. Yeah, 
Yeah, that season one's not very good. Um, but but I like those books, and mm-hmm. um, if you want like a pulpy, just like a straight ahead sci fi adventure mm-hmm. series, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like the uh, the the idea of like sci fi that's like still kind of grounded in like reality to a certain extent, like. Mm-hmm. A lot of like the ship technology and stuff. There's no like magical like faster than light travel. It's just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, I thought that I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. There is some faster than light travel in it though. I think they get to that point. Yeah. Yeah, they get the wormholes. Well, I'm not that far into the books yet, but that's um, like season four. Yeah. Wormholes. So. Um. You know what I was thinking about the other day? What were you thinking about? So, you know when it rains and you start to see, mm-hmm. obviously you start to see earthworms coming up out of the ground, right? Yep. To escape drowning. That's some good which, eating. What'd you say? That's some good eating. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously an opportunity to, yeah. to feast, but... Yeah, for a bottom feeder such as myself to... I was just thinking about that. I was like, how to... How to it's really well. I'm sure there is a very easy answer to this, but I just I just found it kind of fascinating that well, that um, earthworms, even when they're like being like inundated with water and lack most like sensory organs, yeah. are still generally able. To, and I don't know how many earthworms drown underground in those storms. Uh, ostensibly, a lot, I would guess, but uh, they're able to like orient and make it. Do you think they just like pick a direction and half of them get lucky, or do you think, or I guess a quarter of them? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that, like, they're just that good at, uh, I don't know, navigating under the earth? What, so, what do you mean? So, so, like, when it rains, they all yeah. trek towards the surface, right? Well, and I guess I can see how, like, before the earth is waterlogged, they probably are using, you know, like, geothermal cues or, like, gravity or whatever. But once they're, like, in, like, waterlogged soil... It seems like even more impressive that they would know how to find their way to the surface. I mean, they're blind. Mm-hmm. They they lack most sensory input, mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of I don't know. It's just impressive because they all and it then might they be a pressure thing might be a pressure thing. Pressure could be it, and then they they just know to like find their way to, you know, you see them all moving towards like pavement or areas mm-hmm. where it's you know, and it's like how do they do that once they're at the surface like. How do they know to pick it? Do they just pick a direction and go and hope that they maybe make there's it? a lot of them that you don't see in the grass going the wrong direction? Right, that's what I'm saying. It, it's it's mm-hmm. just I was just thinking about it, yep. and uh, you know I guess this is the sort of show where <clears throat> if I if I'd thought of this earlier I could have <laughs> found that answer and hey you know what for any listeners for at home any of you weird uh, bug and insect and whatever people uh, entomologists or any I, I don't know if worms fall into the entomologist. I don't think category. so. I, 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 I don't. Any, they're not. They're not bugs. But I know that. Well, anybody who's into worms, you know. Uh, <laughs> you're, if you're know. A, if you're a worm person. Yeah. If yeah. If you're if you're some squiggly little worm person, some nasty little beastie enjoyer. If you're so. a if you're a, a helminthologist. Hel- yeah. If you're one of those, uh, email us. Mm-hmm. Left on redpod at gmail dot com. Let us know how the worms do what they're doing. Oh, that's the study of parasitic worms is helminthology. Oh, okay. Yeah. So no, don't don't talk to us if that's what you do because that's just weird. Yeah, I'm grossed out by that. <laughs> yeah. What is a worm science? Oh, what me. is a worm science? What is the study of worms called? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 
Huh. All right. Well, apparently there's a lot of different things that get called worms, and they're not all true yeah, worms. Yeah, they're all so. different fucking things, yeah. Earthworms might not even be worms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so... Uh, yep. This is... <laughs> so... Another, as you can tell, this is another one of these episodes. Uh, half of my apartment is packed up right now. Yeah, uh, I don't think we even need to the qualify. This is the last ever episode that I will be doing here in this room. Um... And I'll be, yeah. I'll be in my new place. The last correspondence from the New Bedford branch of Left Unread Studios. Correct, yes. We will be shuttering our doors permanently Yeah. Uh, this Saturday, December 30th. Um, and uh, and uh, we'll be opening up the Providence branch. Mm-hmm. Which is exciting. I mean, that's a, that's a big change. Um, yeah, more I Italian think... More Italian pastures, less Portuguese. More Italian pastures, yeah. Well, um, yep, Evan's putting out to pasture. No. So yeah, so once uh once the new year is rung in, I think we'll probably be kind of back to our yeah. usual work schedule here. And mm-hmm. we've tried to get out episodes regardless because yeah. we want to be consistent for you. Yeah. Um when when I'm on the dating apps, one thing I see mentioned a lot mm-hmm. is consistency. Uh, yeah. as a turn on and we want nothing more than to turn you on folks we want so. we want you hot and bothered <clears throat> weekly yeah um at, at our dulcet tones mm-hmm. yes yeah at our talk of worms and worm-like behavior yeah speaking but don't worry wor- speaking of worm-like behavior yeah i know we wanted to talk a bit about the international fugitive Wander Franco. Yeah, yeah. There, <laughs> luckily, the world keeps turning, and there are lots of things yeah. to read about and discuss, uh, even if they are not the life and times of Genghis Khan or uh, weird Greco-Roman weird. penis cults. cults. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. One well, of the things we do prefer that those things. We yeah, we do like those things. Um, yeah, we prefer them. but. But yeah, one of the things that we both mentioned wanting to no. discuss this week um, was the disappearance, uh, which is the latest sort of uh, element in the ongoing Wander Franco story. Yeah. Um, which, Shampoo. for those of you who are not familiar, maybe Evan, being the real baseball head of the two of us, could yeah. could fill you guys in on who Wander Franco is and what's been going on up to this point. Yeah. So Wander Franco is the superstar shortstop of the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh he was like I mean this dude was he's 22 years old. He's a stud. Yeah, and yeah, and like so like he he was like like a like major 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 prospect. Like he like he is a dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like like sometimes like like he was like the type of prospect that like you know that like like Mike Trout and um uh, Bryce Harper, and for anybody who knows baseball, you know, there's some big stars on, mm-hmm. uh, were like you know on the level of like uh, the one time uh, John Moncada was, um, and like so sometimes like prospects like that, like, you'll get like Mike Trout, who's a no doubt Hall of Famer, uh, best player of his generation. Uh, sometimes you get Bryce Harper, somebody who's on track most likely to eventually get into the <clears> Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you get people like John Moncada. Who was a good player for a few years, but just kind of fizzled out. Sometimes you get nobodies. And Wander Franco, I mean, you can't really project somebody to be like Mike Trout. But, I mean, he was, like, on pace for that. Yeah. Like, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, plus territory. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, And he came up at, like, 20 years old. He's from the Dominican Republic. 
Um, he, he is the nephew of former major leaguers Willie and Eric Ibar. Uh, his mother is their sister. Um, and his father was a, a minor league baseball player at one point, too. Um, and then he has two brothers in um, a Latin American tradition. They're both also named Wander Franco. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Uh, it's not quite a Rugnet Odor situation where they were like, the father was Rugnet Odor. He had five sons named Rugnet Odor. And then he had, a, and then there was the uncle Rugless Odor. <laughs> yeah. But uh, not quite that bad. But yeah, so Wander Franco, he's got like two brothers. And, um, you know, I mean, the, he is a total dude. Like, he is just a fucking stud. And, like, he's definitely had some, like, maturity issues. And, you know, I think maybe coming up as, like, a pretty poor kid in the Dominican. Um, maybe was, uh, he did some, he's done some unsmart things with his money. I think, like, there was one story of him keeping, like, $600,000 worth of, like, iced out jewelry in his, like, Lamborghini like unlocked with like a uh in like a 60 dollar box or something like that like visible in the car um but uh you know he's uh <clears throat> you know he's had like some maturity issues um definitely like about taking things seriously like he'll just like fuck around like there's a famous video of him like spinning a ball in his hands before he throws to first base stuff like that um where like he definitely rubbed some people in the organization the wrong way but they still committed uh, 11 years and 182 million dollars to him after he had played basically a half season in the majors and he was like 20 years old um and uh well it has came out this year that he has maybe been having uh inappropriate sexual relations with um underage girls um and we're not talking 17 or 16 years old mm-hmm. um we're talking like fourteen and perhaps younger. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, so there was first a a girl um uh, who was fourteen. Either either she was fourteen. This is this is all alleged. I'm just reporting what's been or talking about what's been reported. Yeah. But uh, allegedly, a uh, I believe a girl came out and said that she had begun a sexual relationship with him when she was fourteen. I think she was now sixteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. And made those accusations. And Wander Franco, very, um, <clears throat> perhaps I'm guessing maybe this was probably the one thing that both his agents and the team probably stressed that he not do. But he went on Instagram Live in the Tampa Bay Rays clubhouse to deny these allegations while, like, literally there was another teammate in the background dancing, mm-hmm. like, half naked. And, like, just like, oh, so you're just gonna fucking put a bunch of actionable, um, court admissible evidence right here on Instagram Live. Yeah. Um, maybe not realizing the severity of the accusations that were made against him. And then basically, immediately, um, uh, at least one other, um, minor, again, around the age of 14, came out, um, no, went to the police and the Dominican Republic, and an investigation began about him. At which time he was then placed on administrative leave, um, which means that he would still get paid. It wasn't a disciplinary move, but yeah. it's kind of like it's a distraction. We're going to put you on leave. Opens up a roster spot for the Rays because he didn't play the rest of the year. And, um, <clears throat> you know, yeah, this happened was, in August, right? Yeah, August. And there was like 
A lot of reports that came out, including one person anonymously, but that was apparently very close to him, uh, who knew all of the details about the allegations, who had even speculated to uh, some like MLB reporters um, that if what is accused is true, that Wander Franco will never play another Major League Baseball game again. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this dude's 22. Um, and, well, it just came out two days ago that new information um was acquired by the police about multiple instances of sexual misconduct between Wanda Franco and multiple um uh uh potential victims and the police in the Dominican Republic raided two homes looking for him yeah which he was at neither of these homes there was then uh yesterday uh, or perhaps later in the day on Tuesday. I can't remember what we're recording this uh, Tuesday. Yeah, so this was most recently updated, the article that I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, something uh, happened Just a today. few hours ago. Yeah, so, um, but before before the stuff they, today. They raided his house uh, yeah. a day or two, two ago. This was on Tuesday. They raided two houses. Yeah, and then today, earlier today, he was scheduled to show up for a meeting with well, uh, a prosecutor. Well, so what happened is then yesterday, because he didn't, he wasn't... Um, those two houses were raided and he wasn't found. Then yesterday, uh, there was officially basically a summons uh, put out for him saying that he needs to appear at a, um, you know, uh, he needs to appear before the you know, police or you know, some kind of jury or whatever um, to this morning at 11 a.m. Prior to 11 a.m., it then comes out this morning that he had fired his lawyers, mm-hmm. uh, which would also mean that they, that he, he may have fired them so that they could not. I guess, be compelled to um, uh, answer as to what his exact whereabouts are. And then he never shows up for that 11 a.m. summons. Yeah. Which means that at this point, um, he's likely to become an international fugitive. <laughs> yeah, he's he's missing. Uh, yeah, he is officially officially missing. Officially a missing person. And, um, a person of interest. A person of interest, certainly. Yeah. And, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. If you're vehemently denying accusations of any crime and right before you're scheduled to attend your first official hearing on that matter, you disappear off the face of the earth, mm-hmm. it's not a great look. Yeah. You know, to just lamb it. Like he's he's yeah. he's looking pretty guilty. I mean, and granted, even just based on like the the evidence that's been publicly available, yeah, um, I think it's. I mean, yeah, they, there were social media posts of him with the the first accuser. There were some pretty damning social media public posts that had been made that yeah. very clearly looked like he was. I mean, he was touching this person in a way that. Yeah, I wouldn't touch you that way. Yeah, I've only ever touched somebody like that because I was having a sexual relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And um, so... So just so like your dad and like... Yeah, yeah, not... Yeah, like... Yeah, nope. Um, And so this girl is under the age of 18 and those pictures do yeah. exist. So yeah. it was kind of like... And here's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's sort of... For me, it's sort of like a... Um, it's almost like the Michael Jackson scenario where it's like, okay, even assuming mm-hmm. that like the only parts of this that are true are the parts that there is like actual evidence for, mm-hmm. you're a weirdo, man. Like, yeah. e- even if there's there's never any substantiating evidence of like 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 further like sexual misconduct, 
it's odd to you're do a this. creep you're a creep for sure if the pictures are the furthest it's gone you're a fucking creep and of course like, i'm like referring to like michael jackson admitting yeah. that he like snuggled with children yeah. and like yeah. would sleep with them and whatever and obviously denied you know raping them or having sexual contact with them but like mm -hmm. even even if the all publicly that was known true, stuff is bad is is, is yeah. bad yeah so well, anyhow so um, anyway yeah so um yeah, it, like I said, he's so he you know, he's been um, making a series of pretty uh, ill-informed decisions, mm -hmm. as it was already, uh, as it were, and yeah, now this is uh, it's pretty bad. And I mean, it's insane too. Like I'm like I'm telling you, this dude was putting up superstar numbers, starting from when he came up at twenty, and like he like looked like he would be one of the faces of baseball. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, like this dude's probably gonna go to prison for like maybe decades. Yeah, and I mean, if it's true that he was sleeping <clears throat> yeah. with young children, uh, yeah. good, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But so. yeah, so um, this might become an Interpol thing, you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah, it's it's like, certainly turning into more of a like I remembered hearing about this back in August, and mm -hmm. you know, it was we might have even talked about it on the show briefly. Yeah. Um, and then seeing it crop up again this week in the news, yeah. it was like I like forgot oh, about it. God. Uh, <laughs> Wander Franco, he's like he's really he's going for fucked it. Fucked up, dude. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean I don't know how many years was he active in the league. He came up at twenty years old. He played about a half season then because he came up halfway through the year. Yeah. Then he signed at with less than one year of major league service time. He signed that eleven year, one hundred eighty two million dollar guaranteed contract. Yeah. Uh, then had like a like a team option year for twenty five million. After that. And then he played in twenty, so that was twenty twenty one. He played in twenty twenty two. He was injured a bunch that year, so he only played about half the season. But the half the season he played was like superstar level. And then this year he was putting up a full year, and I mean he was putting up some big fucking numbers. And so he has like less than three full seasons of major league service time. Yeah. And so he's already one of the biggest players in the league. You know? It just makes me wonder how much of that money he actually has access to. And uh, well, uh, well. So right now he's, you know, he's been paid the first two years. But the thing is, the way that Major League Baseball salary operates, you know, the way that people make money, you don't really make money the first three years in the league. Now I'm guessing he probably made. Uh, I don't know. I, let me. I can look up the structure of the contract right now. He probably got a big signing bonus. Yeah. Um. You know what I mean. Um. Well, I'm just thinking in terms he, of like he he did not make a ton of money yet. That's what he, I'm saying. He so was he guaranteed to if he just if he just stopped fucking kids, and, yeah, or never did it to begin with. But like, um, like yeah, that's actually is, what I should have said. But the thing is, said. like, he, there are provisions in Major League Baseball that you can have that, like, you know, if you violate, uh, like, the um, domestic violence uh, and like child abuse policy of the league, your deal gets fucking thrown out. Like, that's this part of collective bargaining. Um, yeah. Yeah, let me see. I'm trying to look up the exact salary breakdown. Just give me a second.
Uh, he made a $5 million signing bonus when he got that 11-year, $182 um, million contract. Uh, so for the 2021 season, he, he got the league... Um, <clears throat> he got the, like, the league minimum. Um, and so that was probably around, like, 700000 It would have been prorated for the half season he played, so maybe only, you know, 450000 400000 something like that. Um, let's see. So for 2022, he made $1 million. 2023, he made $2 million. And, yeah, so he got that $5 million signing. So, theoretically, and I'm assuming he spent a bunch of that because that's what you would do. Yeah, uh, well, that's why I said, like, where he had the $600,000 in jewelry. Yeah. And that he fucking, you know. Uh, oh, he's he's going to be trying to pawn that. Yeah, uh, and he had the Lamborghini as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, let me try to see his I'm just thinking of, like, how much money does he have to stay on the land? Probably not. Not that much. And you can't. I mean, maybe you he can't, has three million. You can't know. hide forever on three million. He probably bucks. made like a little bit in endorsements and stuff, but like probably not that much at this point. Now, what? What, is, now, what was what his is... signing bonus as an international prospect? Probably, I'm not sure it was a ton. Uh, he was ranked as one of the top international prospects 2017. So, I mean, maybe he made like four million or something like that. I'm not exactly sure how much he made when he signed as an international free agent. He was a big prospect, probably anywhere from like one to four million. So mm-hmm. he might have that on top of it. Um. Yeah, yeah, man, that's tough. It's um. Oh, so his signing bonus. It looks like his signing bonus as an international free agent was three point eight two five million. Twenty twenty one, he made about three hundred thousand. Twenty twenty two, one million. Twenty twenty three, two million. Five million dollars signing bonus. So yeah, he's made in total um about eight million. Um, oh, he made some for incentives. All this shit. So a total of about twelve, maybe thirteen million so far in his career. Yeah. According to Spot Track. That's according to Spot Track. So yeah, estimated earnings about thirteen million. So um, it's probably all he's ever gonna make. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah. So what would what would the team have to do to get out of paying him? Because he's currently in a guaranteed contract. But I'm sure if he got found guilty of of a crime. They could, they could. Um, he doesn't even need to be found guilty. Um, if he, if the league finds that he violated the policy, right? Um, you know, I mean, because like Trevor Bauer, uh, famously of the Dodgers, uh, Trevor Bauer was not found guilty. I don't even think he had charges officially. I mean, he was like charged, but yeah, the, the charges were eventually dropped. But the Dodgers were uh, because he the league found that he had violated their the policy for you know domestic violence. Yeah. Um. The Dodgers were able to avoid his contract. Yeah. Um. So that so that's allowed in the collective bargaining agreement. If the league finds that you have, um, violated the league's policy on domestic violence, child abuse, that kind of stuff, you can avoid the contract. Well, that's good. So he'll he'll get caught eventually. Because he's he doesn't have. I, I would resources. I would imagine he has probably played his last game, and that yeah I I think I think his career is done. Oh, his career is done for sure. I'm saying he'll definitely see the inside of a jail cell at this point. I, I think it's kind of sounding like he. I mean, and now if he's like a fugitive on the run, yeah, that's gonna be tacked on. That's committing a crime itself, even yep. if he didn't commit any of the other ones. Um. So yeah, I would say this dude's looking at potentially decades in prison. 
Like, holy shit, dude. Fuck. There's there's the makings of a of a of an interesting movie plot there. Like a Dominican intelligence agent on the hunt for like uh, a baseball player who's on the run for crimes. No. You know? And like cuz we always make all these movies about like, you know, glorifying our own like, you know, CIA and stuff and mm-hmm. whatever, but I think it would be more compelling to have a movie about like an agent mm-hmm. from like a small relatively impoverished like Caribbean nation having mm-hmm. to go on like a manhunt for like a baseball player. I don't know. I just think that that's no. a, like there could that's a story. No. It's a story. That Although realistically like script. you said it, it'll be Interpol. It'll become yeah. an Interpol thing. Um <clears throat> Well, hey man, yeah. you should write that script now and not lose it like you did Sharknado. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Have we mentioned that on the show or am I, I am 100% that positive stuff? we've mentioned the fact that you when you were in high school wrote uh like about a movie sharknado and that was different right it was like a tornado it was it was called tornado shark it was just called tornado shark and this is probably when did sharknado come out 2008 yeah something like that so this was probably a couple years before that um and so i won't claim that it was like an identical story or anything but it was i mean how many tornado shark movies um yeah we wrote we wrote the first like maybe 20 pages of a script for a movie called what? Tornado, yeah, called no, Tornado. What? Yes. Shark, no, not that. Sharknado oh. came out in 2013. Damn. All right. So this was, I mean, this was when I was in high school. Yep. So this is probably 2007, yeah. 2006. Yeah. Um, tornado Shark, and it was the premise was that a uh, a tornado <laughs> hit a nuclear power plant, and I think this was probably when did Fukushima happen? Because my guess is. 2011 so it wasn't inspired by that another maybe i predicted that as well it hit it hit a nuclear power plant that was like near the ocean and the tornado became imbued with you know nuclear energy and flew over the ocean and picked up a bunch of sea life mainly like a bunch of like ravenous sharks and they mutated and became like one giant whirling like intelligent superorganism of like sharks in a tornado which then went on a rampage through some city, well, you know. So yeah. it it's different, obviously, but uh, but still similar enough. I like it. Well, when that movie came out, I immediately was like, "No fucking way! There's no fucking <laughs> way!" Yeah. yeah, that a tornado shark movie actually got made, and so I went through. I remember going through like IMDb and being like, "Is there?" anybody that i like whose name i would recognize associated with this movie at any level no i never found anything so i don't think that there was any any uh connection i think it's just a happy coincidence but yeah um man was i fucking bummed because that's just another example of like me not trying that hard (laughs) if i had just cared about tornado shark no. Apparently, it could have been made. And if he named it something better, like Sharknado. Well, what, I'm sure at some point in the development process, we would have come up with it. That was just the working title. Yeah. Was Tornado Shark. Yeah, some producer would have... Uh, would have what about Sharknado? Yeah. Or Tornarco? Yeah. How about Twistark? Twistark. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the Sci-Fi Channel original knockoff. Yeah. Like, you no. know how, like, the movie Pacific Sharknado Rim... was sci-fi, though. Yeah. 
And that's right. The original one, I think, was like a Sci-Fi Channel original, wasn't it? No. no. That was a. Gr- those were some great movies. Made for television, science fiction, action, comedy, horror, disaster films released by Sci-Fi between 2013 and 2018. Yeah. I um, I loved those movies because they had a ton of really good ones. Uh, yeah. Snakehead Terror is the one that I always think yeah. of. It's about mutant snakehead fish that. I don't know, kill a bunch of people. Oh yeah, dude. I, I yeah, I liked all those uh terrible sci fi ones. Yeah, fantastic. Really, yeah. really good. I don't even know, is the sci fi channel still around? Yeah, I think they just they've also done like the same history thing where they find a way to like just have reality shows but they vaguely make them like that's why they originally changed the name to sci fi S Y F Y. Yeah. Is so that they could, it could give them a little bit more schmoozy room. Yeah. With the whole sci-fi concept. Like, well, no, it's not science fiction. It's sci-fi. Yeah. It's just a word, you know? And so it's, like, people, like, making, like, masks and shit. <laughs> like, I'm not even getting that. That's right, yeah, the show. reality <laughs> show about people who, like, made prosthetic uh, yeah, stuff exactly, for the movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Um, um, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. There's a lot so. of other things that are going on in the world. Uh, and yeah, like I the, had... um... Sorry, go. No, 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 no. Oh, I was going to say, like, uh, I feel like perhaps one day, or maybe this is wishful thinking, perhaps one day we will look back on this as a paper tiger moment for the U.S., but there's the Houthis in Yemen. Mm-hmm. So the Houthis are like a rebel faction in Yemen um, that have uh, so far to this point been the only Muslims to um, take the fight to Israel in defense of the Palestinians. And they've, like, basically just, like, blockaded off the Red Sea for, like, all, like, Israeli ships, like, mm-hmm. commercial ships, or, like, anybody who, like, trades with Israel and stuff like that. And, like, they it started off, I think, back in November with this fucking badass video of a, a Houthi helicopter landing on an Israeli freighter ship. And, like, them just, like, taking it by, st- like, storming the ship and, like, taking it over. And, like, so, like, the Houthis have been... um really like dominating that part of the red sea right there right at like the 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 southern tip of the sinai peninsula um and uh and um so the united states has recently i mean this has been really disrupting uh commercial traffic because if you can't go through the suez canal and through the red sea um, you know, in, you, can, you can't take that route from the Mediterranean to, you know, like, the Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other way is around all of Africa. Yep, and then through <laughs> the Mediterranean. Right, so... Yeah, you and, have to and, go And the Suez Africa. Canal empties out basically, like, right off the coast of Israel. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's a difference of thousands and thousands of miles. Yeah. So... Yeah, uh, yeah and months. Of yeah, <laughs> yeah, months of travel. Sea. So, um... Yeah, it's a massive disruption and yeah. also just d- definitely evidence that, like, you know, it doesn't matter if you have, like, the most technologically advanced military or whatever. Um, you can't police everywhere all at once. And, yeah. you know, the more things like this start to crop up, yeah. uh, you know, it's like like Evan said, maybe this will be a paper tiger moment. I yeah. think definitely at least it already is in, in the sense that it highlights the fact that you know america can't literally america. can't can't be everywhere yeah and yeah because so 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 what's happened is that america you know america doesn't have enough warships in their fleet 
to police the entire Red Sea as well as everywhere else that yeah. they're trying to police. Yeah, and believe um, me, I mean, I, I do believe that, that the United States military probably has way more reach than anyone else on Earth, or, or yeah, at least up there, sure. but that doesn't mean it's infinite. And This once, isn't and Crusader like, Kings, so, so, you can't and, just and click remember, at a point on the map. and Yeah. And remember, like, America needs to have some ships staying in the eastern Mediterranean. I mean, dude, when all the shit started going down, when, like, Israel started bombing the shit out of Gaza and, like, invading, they were, like, uh, like you could see online a bunch of American warships start hauling fucking ass yeah. into the eastern Mediterranean. I mean, just flying through the Straits of Gibraltar, flying all the way through there, like, a bunch of warships and, like, aircraft carriers. Because they knew that they now needed a lot of firepower there. But, like, you know what I mean? They they need people in the Pacific. They probably have some shit in the Black Sea, I would imagine, with everything that's going on right I now. I would guess that the United in States the military has a presence in every major body of water. Yeah, exactly. But now, so, right. so, but the thing is, how stretched thin is it? You know what I mean? And, like, you know, you can only travel so fast. It's not like... You know, fucking you're playing a video game or something like that. You know, like a paradox game, and you can just quickly split off ships and like put them right. somewhere. Um, but so the United States was hoping to build up some help for this because like they were like pretty open, like we don't have the ships to guard everybody going through this region right now. Yeah, and so they came up with what's called Operation Prosperity Guardian, uh, which was uh, they were trying to build up like an alliance of a last other... alliance of men and elves yeah exactly um with all these ships that would like help the u.s like protect you know freighters so we could keep the paper machine going and um uh initially something like america was even saying that oh well we have like 10 or 12 people who won't fit or don't want themselves to officially be known as having joined but are in it and like there weren't really very many at all muslim countries willing to join it or Arab countries, mm -hmm. and, like, places like, I think, like, Canada and, like, France and stuff like that initially said they would, but then, like, basically immediately everybody dropped out there. Like, clearly, yeah. I think it became clear that everybody who had joined the alliance for a couple days were like, dude, this is impossible. It's not even worth it. And, like, I think maybe now, too, a lot of other countries are starting to worry, like, we might want to keep our shit closer to home these days because yeah. it really seems like shit is starting to hit the fan on a global scale and that's why i mean with like this feels like potentially another paper tiger moment where it's like a bell is being rung right now like russia started that i would say mm -hmm. with you know basically i mean at this point just controlling one-fifth of ukraine um you know the united states is there's just a shit show at home like we keep saying that we want to like fucking fund multiple wars multiple proxy wars uh with both israel and um uh and ukraine and fucking taiwan you know preemptively yeah um but like just look at like the crumbling infrastructure in our country right now and like how i mean i'd like i'm sad, like i'm sure other countries are looking at like the polling that basically all both of the parties in this country have and they probably still remember what happened in 2020 in this country and I, I, i'm still really wondering if this is again another paper tiger moment where a bell has been rung and a lot of people a lot of other major uh, powers in the world places like russia iran uh china are starting to uh, 
take notice of that and you know america continuing to lose um countries in its own orbit that had been for a long time uh in the in the western hemisphere like brazil and colombia and stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, i feel like these are really starting to add up here yeah man (laughs) yeah it's uh it's 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 starting to look a little hairy starting to look a little hairy out there in 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 the world president g sir you may fire at will (laughs) your soldiers are in position oh my goodness (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would be thrilled if he saw his soldiers. Oh yeah, the People's Liberation Army, baby. Yeah, I'm sure he would be. <laughs> um, there are actually big demonstrations going on in uh, in China today. Yeah. And um, I forget the name of the city. Uh, was it? What was the the city that uh, that Mao was born in? I'm actually not sure. Um, well, there are demonstrations in Chairman Mao's home city uh let's see his hometown shaoshan village in shaoshan city in hunan province uh of of communist youth uh Mm -hmm. protesting the moves towards capitalism in the country Mm -hmm. and imploring the the party to move back towards collectivization and socialism Um, because it is it's actually it's his uh uh yesterday Mm -hmm. no i'm sorry two days ago I think was his birthday it was his 130th birthday or something like that yeah um so anyway that was that just reminded me
speaking of uh things in the world that we are not able to directly uh, impact. Uh, there is another, and this seems to be a thing that's happening every few years now, but there's another um, large, and the number of people is is extremely varied in the media, um, but there's another large, thousands strong uh, foot caravan <laughs> of people uh, moving through Central America Um towards the U.S. border with the intent of entering the country asking for asylum and no. the right to work. Um, and I'm sure that people are starting to hear about that. Uh, I saw that the um, the New York Post says that it's 15,000 people. Um, yeah. The AP so says... So you can probably take it down by about a yeah, quarter of magnitude. Yeah. The, the AP is saying <laughs> it's about the... 6,000 people. Um, yeah. But it's it's thousands of people for sure. Um, I've saw some reports say eight. Um, so six was the lowest, 15 was the highest. Oh. Definitely at least somewhere in the middle there. Um, and it's it's an organized movement, as these caravans tend to be, um, yeah. as opposed to the sort of like what I think we think of as a trickle of, you know, whatever random folks kind of making the move to come across. Generally, they are in groups, but mm -hmm. um, this is a, an organized march. Um, <clears throat> with the the simple uh, mission statement of mm. wanting to escape either political or um, narcotics-related violence in their home countries, um, mostly in Central America, but some in South America. Mm. Um, lots of folks from, you know, Colombia, but also from Guatemala and Honduras and whatever, have all sort of joined into this march. And... It's moving rapidly north. They've entered into southern Mexico. Um, mm -hmm. And so the U.S. and our, you know, immigration crazy mm -hmm. uh, government are shitting themselves. Um, yeah. Because it's a huge PR disaster if you just, like, you know, mm -hmm. assault a bunch of people right at the border. Yeah. Um, but the media is also obviously kind of going overtime, like whipping this up into some crisis. These people aren't like marching to invade and like rape and yeah. pillage, which is how I think it gets portrayed a lot. Yeah, they're trying to get away from what we've done to their countries. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you can read interviews with a lot of these oh. people. They're real people. And they're just like pretty much universally just saying, nope, I just I can't go back home. It's too dangerous and I need to provide for my family. So mm -hmm. I'm going to the place that I can reach on foot. That will potentially allow me to do that. Um, and I think we're just going to start to see more and more of these sort of organized mass um, movements yeah. of political refugees um, and people looking for stable work and life, you know, coming towards the country. And it's just interesting to me to see the way that it gets handled in the media. Um, <clears throat> Donald Trump famously during the last such caravan, um, which was, I think, during his presidency, the last widely reported such caravan, um, referred to them all as a bunch of, like, rapists and murderers, which mm -hmm. likely not true, unless, of course, our boy Wander Franco's among them. Uh, but, <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Um, so that's just a developing story that I think is interesting, and, and I'm sure we'll start to hear more about um, what the intended response from border police will be when they approach the texas border but um i know that there are currently talks with the mexican government and uh anthony blinken our wonderful 
Secretary of State, uh, is heading down. <laughs> he's heading down to speak to um, oh. Mexican politicians about yeah. you know this what the response is going to be to this. And um, I mean, I know Kamala Harris a couple of years ago speaking like to like the assembly in I think it was Guatemala, and she literally said the, the line, "Do not come. Do not come. Do not come." Um, well, I know that that uh, Mexico's President Obrador is. AMLO. saying that he's going to um, play hardball with Blinken and, you know, not just capitulate and say, we'll, yes, we'll stop them for you. Um, yeah. You know, I think his goal or his stated goal is to push the United States to, you know, in exchange for Mexican cooperation in stopping the flow of illegal immigration mm-hmm. is to try to uh, convince the U.S. government to supply more material aid to the countries from which these people are leaving, yeah. um, which, you know, I guess all good and well, but um, I don't see us... <sighs> I don't see us really coughing up the dough um, yeah, too well, aggressively on right that now, front. Yeah, you have right now um, the Democrats so bloodthirsty for Israel and Ukraine that they are... Um, in order to get Republicans to sign off on, on billions more for these wars, um, uh, <laughs> you know, um, in order to get that, that they're willing to go like super hard on immigration, like do like Trump era, which I mean they've already been continuing really, but like go like like really like brutal and like scorched earth on like immigration policy, so. The Democrats both willing to commit genocide and also to act like Republicans at the border. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't have any true, uh, no. even what I would call, like, liberals in, in the U.S. government for the most part anymore. No. So, um, yeah, There is a great a... quote from uh, Luis Garcia Villagran, who is yeah. one of the, or I guess it's probably Villagran, yeah. who is one of the main organizers of this caravan um, pertaining to the meeting between uh, Mexican President Obrador and Secretary of State Blinken. Um, He said, it will be a meeting between fools and fools who want to use women, who want to use women as trading pieces. We are not trading pieces for any politician. Basically saying like, well, we're not going to be participating in these talks. So I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's just going to be idiots talking to other idiots about what to do about us. Well, we're just going to keep marching. So, you know, we'll see you when we see you, which I like. Yeah. Um, The Mexican policy well, the U.S.-funded Mexican anti-immigration policy is, is popularly known as contention, uh, meaning we want these groups to have their access contended well before they actually reach our borders. Mm-hmm. A, I think for public relations purposes, so that it doesn't look like we're turning away uh, as many people as we are at the border. I mean, yeah. over the past several months, there's been like 10,000 people a day turned away at the U.S. border with Mexico, which is insane. That's a huge number of people. And I would guess that there's lots of repeat offenders, people that get turned away and try another spot or make it through or whatever. But, um, you know, it's 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 to to think of it as a trickle is is kind of, you know, ill informed. There are obviously one thing that I think everyone can agree on, whether you think that it is uh, 
right or not to allow these people into the country is that there are lots of people trying to enter the country. No. Um, and I, I don't think anybody in good faith is trying to argue that that's not the case. I think the question no. is just whether you think they should be allowed in or not. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's any secret where Evan and I lie. No. Absolutely not. Uh, Fuck them. <laughs> no. Um, they can go back home. <laughs> Fuck them. They're taking our jobs. America's for Americans. Yeah. If they, maybe if they learn to speak American. Um, so anyway. Hell no, I ain't gonna press one for English. The hell. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? Um, oh, this is a small one, but I think this is a cool one. So, the Eiffel Tower, which for a long time was regarded as, uh, an architectural monstrosity by mm -hmm. the vast majority of Parisians, uh, mm -hmm. but has since come to become a, uh, uh, a symbol of that nation, especially to foreign tourists, and is mm -hmm. one of the most trafficked areas in France, which mm -hmm. is one of the most trafficked areas in Europe by uh, tourists. Mm -hmm. Huge amount of the French GDP is uh, tourism. And as the Eiffel Tower marks uh, the 100th anniversary of its uh, founder's death, the tower itself is closed as workers there are on strike for better working conditions. Yeah. And uh, I think that's great. So they're they're negotiating more fair contracts over uh, hours and um, healthcare and all sorts of fun things, but they are closing down the Eiffel Tower just as the 100th anniversary of the death of Gustav Eiffel. I always forget his first name. Um, mm -hmm. is coming, and I just think that's nice. Good for them. Fuck the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, you know. Yep. Uh, what else? A couple other little things. Um, oh, here's a big one for us here in the United States. Uh, mm -hmm. and I think, um, I think the, the, the real sorrow of this will be felt the world over, but, uh, Gaston Glock, the Austrian developer yeah. of the Glock handgun, uh, mm -hmm. is now dead at the age of 94, died peacefully of some 94 year old. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's some medical cause, but at 94, I think it's all peacefully. Yeah. You know, you call it whatever you want, heart failure or whatever. You're 94. Rip to a real one. Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so the company was founded in 1963 um, near Vienna in Wagram, Austria. Yep. And uh, it has since become one of the leading manufacturers of handguns, especially mm -hmm. the world over, um, especially after expanding to the U.S. in 1985. Uh, but, yeah. They've also got a huge part in um, fulfilling military contracts and making weapons for governments the world over. And everybody knows what a Glock is. They're referenced in every rap song of all time. Uh, they were early adopters of uh, using resin as opposed to full metal um, mm -hmm. or, I guess, to a lesser extent, wood um, construction in their pistols, meaning that... A, those handguns tend to be lighter and cheaper and easier to produce. Um, and some people will say that that's a problem. Others will laud that. Um, you know, whatever. I'm not super invested in that debate. But uh, one interesting result of that is that Glocks are one of the easiest uh, firearm templates to replicate at home, uh, yep. particularly if you have a 3D those printer. Yeah. Right. So, and you can also go online um, with Glocks, especially, and you can buy unfinished frames. Mm -hmm. So, 
and you don't need in most places the same licensing that you would need to buy a full functioning handgun to buy an unfinished frame. Uh, the unfinished frame is the part of the gun that has a serial number on it. Um, so it is by all accounts, a legal firearm. And then you can just finish the plastic parts yourself at home, um, and turn that into a functioning firearm. Now I'm not saying any of this because I'm, you know, telling anybody, this is all just, you know, facts about it. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to sway anyone any way or the other. Just interesting. It's marked a real shift in the way that um, firearms are available to people um, in their homes. And, uh, you know, there are definitely people that I would say, I don't know if, if Gaston Glock is Goose of the Week material, but uh, mm -hmm. it has certainly changed the, word, the, the way um, that gun Wander culture... Wander Franco is the Goose of the Week. Yeah, Wander Franco is Goose <laughs> of the Week for sure, but... You know, I'm just saying, I, I don't take a super hard, like, anti-gun stance. I, I am pro-gun pro, uh, rights, um, although I do think that some states are a little fucking nuts about it. Um, mm -hmm. I think that you should have to be licensed and mm -hmm. all of that. If you have to be licensed to drive a car, which I guess some of those folks would probably say you shouldn't have to be licensed to do that either. Oh, dude, it's like that famous fucking um, Libertarian Party uh, debate. But fucking Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson is the guy who ran for Libertarian Party uh, candidacy for president in 2016. Yeah. In the debate, it was uh, it was asked like, should you? I mean, it was just a fucking hysterical. Maybe you should put the clip of the video in here. Should someone have to have a government issued license to drive a car? Hell no. What's next? Requiring a license to make toast in your own damn toaster? The license to drive? You know, I'd like to see some competency exhibited by people before they drive. Um, but uh, it's um, uh, at the debate, and the question is, would you support um, needing a license in order to operate a motor vehicle? And, like, you got these fucking freaks up there like, Hell no! And like, no! No license then! Gary Johnson is like, well, I... I think maybe you should have to demonstrate some aptitude before you're sharing the road with the rest of us. And he gets fucking booed and like jeered and shit. It's so yeah. fucking funny. Well, look at how fucking the glorious libertarian movement is working in, in fair Argentina. Oh, dude. It's like... It's that fucking he's been in fucker. office for like two weeks and he's fucking... Oh, he has crashed the economy Oh completely. my god. It's like single-handedly. Yeah, like like uh, employers can pay their fucking workers in like goods in instead meat and of shit, money. Yeah, in crypto as well. Yeah. Um let's see. He's uh like I mean the economy is like completely crashing right now and it's just being sold to the World Economic Forum. Uh, he is very funnily um converting to Judaism. Um, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, he's converting to Judaism. Of course, he fucks his sister. Um, what you know his. His sister is his, he's unmarried and with no kids, and his sister is his first lady. Right. And they've got a weird relationship, you know, so he's a sister People used fucker. to say that Angelina Jolie used to fuck her brother. Yeah. That's fine. I I think we could say Javier Malay fucks his sister. Yeah, allegedly. no, I'm not defending it. I allegedly. just thinking of another yeah. alleged sibling fucker that I knew of. No. Um. But yeah, no, Uh. you know, so things are, I mean, it is... A real shit show in Argentina right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. They're they're up to they're up to some real funny business down there. Um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, just the uh, shock doctrine, the Chicago Boys economic shock doctrine going in. <laughs> Didn't do so great in Chile uh, yeah. in the 70s, and I don't think it will do so great now. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. No. Um, the last thing that I wanted to briefly mention is that uh, the United States military is finally being compelled by Congress um, to allow independent prosecution and examination of sexual assault cases, among other serious crimes, um, that occur between military staff or are committed by military uh, personnel, um, which up until now, 2023, um, a lot of these crimes would have been handled by internal investigation, wherein uh, obviously, you know, officers would uh, cover for servicemen and women mm-hmm. that they you know valued etc cetera, etc cetera. it was just a lot of room for her it wasn't a whole lot of oversight going on um and internal investigations i think are inherently plagued by corruption in a way that external investigations simply are not so uh i think that that is a rare dub uh for congress um i will take it because i do think that uh folks need to be held accountable and the amount of sexual assault that goes on in the United States military that either goes unreported or uh, worse is reported, but Mm -hmm. is not prosecuted to the full extent of the law uh, is, is kind of off the charts. So I'll take it. You know what I mean? I don't like to toss them a bone for much, but I think that is one rare moment of um, that's good. And I will, I will give them a golf clap for that one. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. The only other thing that I had saved set aside is that, (laughs) um, uh, coroner's reports have officially, uh, stated that the unfortunate fan in Brazil who died before Taylor Swift's show there, uh, Mm -hmm. a couple months ago, it was heat stroke, which is what we were all assuming. And I'm sure Taylor Swift was hoping for, uh, she still hasn't condemned Tomas by the way. Good. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you condom yeah. hummus? No. Okay. Yep. I do not. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, I condemn the IOF, though. Uh, so anyway, yeah, um, so I think that about wraps it up for today. Yeah. Um, wrap them, you... wrap, wrap them, wrap, wrap bar. <laughs> What's your name, man? Willie James, better known as fucking chicken, as Allah Ragbar. Hello! Let me pull on your dick a little while. No. I heard about that big old dick you got. Ragbar! That's a that's a fifteen guys. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so wasn't no fun. <laughs> um, but yeah. So if you uh if you enjoy the podcast and you would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash left unread. You can sign up there for a small monthly amount and help us keep the show running. Um, uh, eventually, uh, once enough people sign up, you'll get some cool perks. But for right now, we don't have any. Uh, however, you can rest easy. Right now, we're spending all the money on perks for ourselves. Yep. So, but you can rest easy knowing that it is going to stuff like podcasting, hosting fees, to getting books for future. Oh yeah, we haven't spent a dime of it yet. Just so yeah. you know, it's not like we're out here like 
yep. getting rich off the fat of the land or anything. Yep. Um, yep. So got... yeah, it'll just go to upkeeping the podcast. Yeah. Uh, for right now, this is a labor of love. We spend a lot of time doing this. Uh, a lot of these series that we do take dozens of hours. Uh, so you know, it would really help us out. Um, also, it's getting to be insanely expensive and <laughs> difficult for us to uh, make ends meet without working uh, odd jobs sometimes. So. Uh, this can really give us more time to uh, continue putting out good, high-quality content with great sources. Um, if you cannot, uh, if you cannot afford, no problem. You can always rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. You can, uh, and you can uh, also let other people know about us. We spread by word of mouth. So, tell your friends, tell your family members. You can get drunk this New Year's and tell everybody at the party um, about us. You can do that. So, if all these different ways that you can support the podcast and help us grow in 2024 and beyond um with that said i got some more packing to do so yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) all right well uh we hope you all have a happy and safe new year um we are as evan said i think or at least touched upon in the new year we'll be back to your regularly scheduled programming once uh my job kind of dies down and Evan's got his move squared away. Um, in the meantime, thank you so much for sticking with us for yet another year. Um, I think once we hit February, we will officially have done this for three years. Correct. Um, but this we're entering our third calendar year, and we will soon be at the three-year period mark. So um, thank you guys so much for sticking it out with us. We appreciate it immensely. And um, to all of our Patreon subscribers, you know who you are. Thank you very much. And we will see you uh, next – we'll see you next year, I guess, as people say. Yes. Goodbye.